When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am joined by two broadcasters, sports writers, young, handsome people. It is Amy Canavan. Hi. And Joel Sked. Young, <laughs> handsome. I was handsome. <laughs> uh, wow. And for some reason, a random guy for Pilton Solson. <laughs> story. Uh, so it's different now. Yeah, it's true. Now, there's so many people that actually work. To the TV, sports journalists, and everything. Now, this is sort of has it become more professional? Do you think, Joe? The podcast, or is it still the way it always was? No, because I, I came away <laughs> from last week's podcast thinking uh, there's a few things I wish I hadn't said, and uh, I was quite sweary as well. So I was, I was quite cringe. Yeah, but, get yourself, get yourself back in there. Yeah, but no, I, I think there will always be a sense of unprofessionalism, and I think that's why people listen to us. Well, that's certainly what we tell ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, well, we know we've got six Scottish Premiership games and Amy Canavan is here for the first time when an old firm derby has been on. So I am sorry, Rangers fans. I met a Rangers fan on the bus on Monday who sat beside me. and, and One showed their face. Yes. Like, right after the, I was on the way to Easter Road and this guy got on the bus and he was really nice. He recognised my voice. He was like, oh, no, that was, it was nice and he was a nice guy, but... Um, unfortunately for you I think your name was Leon Sounds made up Maybe I'm wrong But you're a nice guy But unfortunately You should put off now Because I am going to give Amy Sort of the biggest soapbox You've ever heard here mm-hmm. um, So I mean Amy take it away How, Where is this In your sort of 22 years in this planet Where does this game lie In your favourites 21 until next week yeah, 21 until so, next week Um Oh, it's, it really is well up there. And the reason that it's well up there is because when Celtic were defeating Rangers 5-0, 6-0, well, not 6-0, 5-0s, under 5-1s, under yeah. Brendan Rodgers, that was a pretty poor Rangers side. This is a Rangers team that are a decent team. You know, they have decent players. Um, obviously, a, a very, very decent European run last season, and they should arguably have a, another good one this campaign. They've certainly got the potential to do that. So if it ranks really high in the sense that this just wasn't, this is not a Felipe Senderos kind of side um, who's, you know, going in for. Poor Senderos being the one. Out of that whole guy. There's a whole one that goes in. <laughs> Especially when you had Joey Butter there as well. <laughs> it's the Senderos, it's the slide 
side oh, with Dembele and then the, the red card as well and his, his delightful sprint, not not like little trot down the tunnel, that sprint off the tunnel, like, I need to get off this. Carry weight. Exactly. Um, so no, this is a decent Ranger side and to totally and utterly annihilate them and that's what, that was a masterclass at the weekend. You know, Rangers never laid a glove. The fact that their best chance came through the head of Callum McGregor in the 89th minute or whatever it may have been, which is a great header for McGregor, <laughs> um, speaks volumes, you know, we can go into them, but Chola actually done better on a few occasions, but quite simply didn't. Jack Marcus could have done a lot better on occasions and he didn't oh. so um, it was just as complete a performance from Celtic as I think I've seen against a very decent Rangers side so, to Tony, so Tony asked you about the where this game ranks and before we get on to actually speaking about the game itself where does because I was reading an article today and it talked about this Celtic team under Postacoglu as being the best since perhaps Martin O'Neill's side and it's just the fact that he didn't even mention uh, the article didn't even mention Brendan Rodgers yeah, kind of um, era time. Era, yeah, which side. they were so at that time looked so complete. Yeah, um, the Brendan Rodgers. There's always that one season, the invincible treble season, is always going to have that special place because you know that's a an unbelievable achievement. Mm. But in the caliber of players of the squad depth right now, I think Asan's Postecoglou squad is better. Mm. Just saying to you beforehand, Tony, that like I don't think I've ever seen in my lifetime a Scottish team with such strength and depth and quality, you know. Oh, there's no denying there's since not. the 90s, this is, this is exactly as strike, deep as it gets. Your star striker goes off after three minutes in a, in a Glasgow derby and you're not actually, like, panicking. You could there, make a, a quintuple, uh, quintuple sub <laughs> and usually when, uh, no matter which team does that, you're thinking the opposition, thinking, right, we'll get a wee uh, breather here. And then you turn to this, uh, the sideline, you're thinking, fuck. They've bringing Mayedo on, Jakimakis on, Turnbull on, um, the new boy Haskabanovic who's is pretty good. Adam uh, Adam Moy trying to think of uh, any others. You've got uh, James Forrest as well potentially. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, there's like you say. So Kugo's injured after three minutes, and you don't panic. Uh, Starfelt gets injured after an hour, and you don't panic because a calib- the the player of the caliber the caliber of the players that's coming on it to replace him at sixty minutes is is equally as good, and in some in some fans' eyes, even arguably better. The the strength and depth in every single position right now, you know, even the nine changes during the week against um, against Ross County, and nobody was really batting an eyelid. That second string 11, full 11 other than Callum McGregor, is, uh, you know, it's, you, you don't argue with it. You're thinking, right, that 11 that went out against Ross County during the week there, you know, could potentially still win that premiership. Mm. And that's not mm. an outrageous statement. So the the depth that this side have, I think, sets some streets ahead of, of any side that I've seen. The, the the thing that would worry me a lot about Rangers um, is I actually thought Celtic were better in that first half last season when they when they blew Rangers away. They've sort of just done the exact same thing it's again. Carb, it's near carbon copy of the, yeah. the February game, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and I mean, that's... But look at it from a Rangers perspective, which I think maybe I, I, I'll try and do, obviously, because I know Amy, Amy's here. <laughs> I mean, you'll be absolutely fuming at the fact that this has been done to them before, uh, so they know exactly what they're going but, into. But they, they, they did it, and they, it was a different Rangers style this time around, because against uh, the last time, the first time they were, uh, got beat, uh, well, it was 3-0 after in the first half, they were a bit more kind of standoffish. They... Set up to kind of contain Celtic. This Rangers side went and tried to go toe to toe, almost go yeah, go to toe, mm. press them high up the pitch, and that's what makes everything around the Rangers' performance so damning. Because uh, I think you, you can look at this, you can look at this, the Rangers' issues from a collective 
on the field point of view where you've got uh, players switching off uh, a lack of focus mentality the early throw in they got away, got away with one earlier on and then there's the warning in. signs yeah, already there's yeah. warning signs then you've got the the Jota goal where you can see Van Bronckhorst going mental inside of the pitch because mm. Kent, Kamara, and all Lundstrom all, all um, kind Turn of switch off. Yeah, just, just, ah, yeah, yeah, just 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 block just block the um, uh, just block the free kick. The third goal, I think it was James Tavernier and Connor Goldson were uh, yep. arguing, and then the fourth goal that <laughs> comes from McLaughlin simply being that comes from pressure. No, he's stuck by a ball boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, but that comes from pressure and stress of that situation. You see mm. him, he's like played to Goldson, he's like on oh, any panics, and then. That pass was just so timid because of the stress, even, the stress factor. You even saw like the the sort of pressure even going players like Stephen Davis. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm jumping he, to the fourth goal already, yeah. but Stephen Davis, I like he, there's an angle that you can see he's asking for the, the ball, the, the pass mm. for that. And the way that he's pointing, it's almost like, I don't know if I actually want this. Do I want it here or do I want it to mm-hmm. feet? And you know, that's a guy who, is it 34 appearances now in, in this fixture? It's something, obviously, mm. he's, he's well up there no matter what over over his two spells. And it's that that's the reason that he's starting is not because he's, a, he's now the best player in the Rangers midfield. He's not. He's in there for that experience mm-hmm. to, to be able to control a Celtic side that are so quick thinking. And do you know what? A Celtic don't... They just do the basics very, very well right now. There's nothing, like, crazy about them. They, no, play, I know what you mean. they yeah. play the game really well. They, they, if you strip what Celtic do back, it, it's very simple. It's, and Rangers, it is, it? it's yeah. just the level that they play that simple game at. You know, the, the quick throw-ins, that's not even just, a, that's just a now a footballing thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Liverpool, you think of Mourinho. Uh, that is, it's, it's the basics. It is the fundamental basics. And I think that has to be the frustrating thing because there is not an awful lot different to what Celtic have done against Rangers, even at the tail end of last season in the draw, um, or the win at Ibrox as well. Rangers just match Celtic's intensity better in those mm-hmm. games, especially in the first half. But this was totally and utterly blown away. I don't think it's, it's that cliche that they never came out of the traps, but like they really never. That is Joel's spot on that there was too much arguing, too much huffing and puffing. Mm-hmm. Like you look at their reactions, Kent's. You have to be focused against the Celtic yeah, There's no way you can. They're throwing their arms up in the air and, and like just pettiness uh, instead of remaining switched on. But you're looking for your Taverniers, your Davis, Kamaras, have been in the, this game a long time mm-hmm. to be able to. Clued up I've had success in this yeah, game as well. Yeah, you, you look at the, the, the I think the, the, the midfield three is where you, you, you compare it because Lundstrom has been as a key cog now in the Rangers midfield after having a slow start. He's been a really important player, but my god, he was miles off it just physically and uh, the mobility. Uh, he just he looked way off the pace, and that's <sighs> pace and mobility is not his game. But you compare the three of Hitati, O'Reilly, McGregor, and it's just, um, it's in terms layers. of the, the intensity, the the legs, the ability, the way they're about to get, uh, able to get the pitch, and that kind of just acceleration. Rangers didn't really have anyone, only Kent in that front, uh, front five, front five, six, who has the ability to get the ball and run with it. Rangers' best attacking force was Borna Barisic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm, by a mile. He, was, yeah. by, by a he had his eye in miles, so yeah. much. I mean, every ball he put in was... 
on the money. They were brilliant balls, yeah. and, and that's what you're looking for Cholak to be doing. And I certainly felt hey, that's the only I think that was the only threat that pre. I don't ever think that Ryan Kent really turns up in these big games. I think he, he very much is a European player. He struggles in the Scottish game a lot more than uh, than than Europe because there's not that like cramped style on him really. Uh, in Scotland, there's always two players on him at every occasion. But you picture Kent doing really well in different leagues. Uh, you could see him like. Maybe in Spain or something like that. Even better than I know there was the talks of him going to England. Could see him doing really well in places like Spain, but it would really, really suit him. But but that's an aside though. It was, a game. it was Bar- Barisic was the only threat, and Cholak was just was way off it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, you're going back to. I think maybe we have to go into some of the individuals. I mean, yes. I said like we we can look at it from a Rangers' point of view about like the goals, how they couldn't stop. That you're saying like how switched on Celtic are, how quick they are. What would anger me if I'm I'm a Rangers fan is that that's not new. That I mean, Postecoglou goes on about the don't stop to the point that it's a cliche and a bit cringe. But to be honest. He backs it up like it's it's a mantra that he genuinely does live by, and he forces that on his team and you can see it week in week out so you can see why Van Bronckhorst is losing it because this isn't like a secret it's like Celtic of this is them discovering this now this is something that we've all known and we've all seen for quite a while now and now like you're saying we're seeing Hatati fully fit uh, O'Reilly another year where he's been playing a lot and he's and obviously McGregor runs nowadays he's in that position where he kind of runs the fixture like Scott Brown used to Mm. used to do but let's talk about them. I think. Well, let's let's go with let's go with O'Reilly first because they're a player that I absolutely adore. He but is, this was like the new, the next level of what he can do. He is. He's, he's in one of those that kind of element of football. Where he's just he's just a beautiful footballer. Uh, you, yeah. you think of like people like Rui Costa or Juan yeah. Roman McKelmy. Just just a beautiful footballer to watch. And he look. The, the thing is, and I know this sounds daft, and it doesn't actually matter. But he's really big. He's really strong. He's handsome. He's good on the ball. Like just everything all collected. It's like you're going to be a fucking superstar. It's one got and a half every, million pounds, Tony. Yeah, it's, it seems seems mad that. And, and we spoke up. And we spoke about this last season. And I think we maybe spoke about this earlier in the season, Amy, when we were first started doing this. I find it all bizarre that nobody else seemed to be Celtic. Kind of got him pretty much unopposed. I was just talking about this earlier today that you know. It was almost that when O'Reilly came to Celtic and he was so good, it was like, right, well, what's the catch? Where's the where's mm. where's the hiccup going to turn up? Because there has to be something that this is a guy. Where's that's the skeletons in his wardrobe? Exactly. <laughs> this is a guy that's footballers have them. <laughs> fell through the fingertips at Fulham, took that step back to go down to to MK Dons, and he had to do that on his behalf. And I know there was obviously there was little injury hiccups when he was younger, but if you have the talent that Matt O'Reilly has, you mm. know that's not something that comes overnight. So he had that there. You know, whatever injury hiccup, whatever it was, that, or that he wasn't the paciest, he wasn't the strongest back then, that is just a God-given talent that he mm-hmm. has. I think he's maybe just grown. I think there's like maybe a bit of that, because it's like, now as I was sort of going, maybe a bit tongue-in-cheek about the looks and everything, but it's like, you're ad- when the physicals are added, so the ideal physical for a central midfielder added to a player who's already 
supremely talented and then you marry that together and it becomes borderline sort of perfect there has to be something and that's the only real thing that you can kind of pave out right now that, that makes sense because you know I just I, I say it to, to everyone that you just have to enjoy Matt O'Reilly right now because he's not going to be here forever I so so good I'm just uh, sorry I was just googling Matt O'Reilly there just to see if uh, Robbie Nielsen signed up for MK Dons but I just realised he's only 21 well, yeah, he's mental he does, 21 he just, years of age if, uh, he, he looks like he's he looks like he plays if he's 26 he's got that, that experience the way he carries himself and I seen it earlier early in the season when I was covering Rangers against Kilmarnock and straight away I was like Rangers were finding it really hard to break down Kilmarnock like, Rangers don't have the players they have maybe one player who can do what O'Reilly does Hitati does Turnbull does and get the ball on the on the turn or yeah. on the move mm-hmm. and then can he carry it as he receive it and then break the lines really well take on players that's Malik Tillman but mm-hmm. he the reason he's at Rangers is because he doesn't have the pace if he had the pace acceleration he'd still be at Bayern Munich mm-hmm. but he doesn't and you see that he wasn't able to cope and with the, 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 the game compared to he's talking about O'Reilly so do you think the like, from a tactical point of view do you think Tillman was played on the right because I was a bit surprised when I saw he was he was playing on the right I think that was to try and take him away from the sort of like Taylor's really, really good, right? And I'm not saying that, but I think when you're you're looking, they're trying to find where is the the weak point. Tillman looks like our best player, so if we take him away from O'Reilly, Hatati, McGregor, uh, and obviously we've got all Lundstrom, Davis, and Kamara can go toe to in a defensive sense, or uh, you assume, obviously they didn't, but you assume. So maybe the idea was to try and find a position where Tillman it can sort of play where they're sort of not as quite as frantic. I'm a big believer that you have to play your best player in their best position though and it didn't work out for, for Tillman you know, no, that's because not the first he time he's been, been out on the right exactly because when he played in the, the PSV game away which was the sort of he's been good since he came in don't get me wrong mm. but that was the real when you're going like right this boy's fucking good like really it's what that a player. set up moment yeah like wow this guy because in that game he was he was the best player in the park see if you, you're going into against Celtic and you're play, trying to play them toe-to-toe to uh, play against them toe-to-toe and look to press them high up the pitch you look at that uh, that midfield three and you still look at Callum McGregor uh, in a defensive sense because he doesn't get um, he, he doesn't get kind of uh, what do you say he doesn't get tested as much yeah, on a domestic yeah. level in the de- defensive sense you think right can Tillman make him go back the way mm-hmm. can he find the spaces around McGregor and make him think behind himself rather than playing in front of himself make him have less an impact on the game make him have yeah. other things that he doesn't doesn't want to yeah maybe I, I, just, I was trying to get into because I think it was weird that I saw him play this so well in the central position with Cholak specifically and then they'll not use that in the next sort of big away game I was like well, that's a bit weird to me if you, if you analyse Celtic this season the 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 areas they attack down predominantly is now left hand side. I think they attack. Yeah, because we're talking about how good's Taylor now that Juranovic just didn't arse themselves with. <laughs> they, 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 don't, they don't attack down, uh, no team attacks uh, down the left more than Celtic. And then you're just thinking, right, that means Tillman's going to have to do a defensive job. And then that, that probably leads well to talking about Abada and Jota, really, because maybe a part of that win, I was surprised, I thought Maida would start purely for tactical reasons, mm-hmm. uh, which again maybe shows how much. Postacoglu's now getting more and more faith and just flexing his muscles in this game that you're thinking Abada's better than Maida in the penalty area he's a more clinical finisher uh, he's you've seen more- that on uh, uh, sorry to interrupt there but uh, his the third goal the movement 
Mm. So, so good. it's uh, it, the the ball's down the left hand side, and the Rangers players retreat. He's going with them, but he, it's not that he just doesn't he doesn't stop. He doesn't, doesn't just stop. He retreats back mm. as if he knows exactly where that ball's fallen. He is literally, but he There's it's not by luck. As well. It's not by yeah. luck though. That's it's um, a key cog in that as well. Is because Yakimakis is pulling away. Mm-hmm. Is, is going to the near post, so he's pulling away Barisic. But as, as Joe Rightly says, Abaddon notices that and takes that step back. And this is a 20 year old. Instinct. That's yeah. instinct of a, exactly, a 20 year old. That's a 20 year old. Because I've spoken at length about Abaddon. It was, it was especially after, was it Motherwell last season when Atati first came in? You know, when Atati went a bit and Abaddon scored a couple in that game and they were they were all crosses from, from Atati. And I was just saying, like, it fucking blows your mind when you see that he's so young because he does it. Because of that state, like you say, that's intelligence, that's experience. It looks like experience. Uh, and Abada is sort of so good at coming and in, coming inside off the flank to to do that. Mm. He's one of the best. Like he's so good at that. And this is the thing. The point I was going to come on to about attacking on the left hand side. You're not just attacking on the left hand side because Jota's so good. It's also because of what Abada brings to the party where they go that. Ah, let's just focus on that. He's so good at coming inside and getting into the back post with the movement. And Jota's so good at carrying the ball, beating a man. Um, he sort of varies up his deliveries as well. Joey doesn't always go early, etc. And Taylor sort of come on so much that they they can dovetail quite well. That that all just makes sort of perfect sense. That is the bit bad as probably slightly better than Jota coming in at the back post in it's, an attacking sense. It's the fluidity across the Celtic front line that's, that's frightening. Mm. Perhaps actually more so when it's not a bad one if it's if it's Jota and uh, Maeda and they just switch, switch sides and it causes defenders. Have it because they don't they, they, they don't realise they've switched flanks. So oh, I'm not meant to be marking him, and it, and it's crazy. But Abada is just an unbelievable talent, and I think it takes a lot because the start of the season he wasn't the the starter. You know, it was Maeda, and I know we're only six games in, so to say not at the start of the season seems mad. But it's just it's not that Maeda dropped off in any sense because he never. You know, Abada last season and in, in the the latter six months of last season he, he could score two goals and then he would be dropped, or he could come on for twenty minutes, score, get an assist, and he would still not mm. start the next game. But to not give up really and to not go in a huff you know at the start of last season as well there was after five six games at Celtic or whatever there was a, a paper ran with you know that's a, a bad us using Celtic as a as a stepping stone already he came out and addressed that and, and you know everyone is these young players are 20 year old and Matt O'Reilly are they thinking that they want to play the Scottish player this is no offence to anyone is yeah. it? but you don't want them to you, 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 want, you want them you to want be like reaching for the stars coming in like a, I really like the look of that Scott Brown's career play here for 12 or so years and what Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, an Israeli guy doesn't have that same. I put near beat on that, but you don't have anywhere near the talent. But one the, point, he's averaging one point seven six goals per ninety minutes so far. Who Abada? Abada, more so wow. than more than Furahashi. Wow, that's insane. So clinical, so yeah. clinical. Oh, yeah. that, that's it. That finish went through clever, the legs, it's man. It's clever finisher. Um, it's deliberate. It's exactly. all very. It's all, everything seems. Them, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it seems. I mean, people will be listening to this thinking that we've gone all Celtic TV. But what can you do? I mean, if you're winning all from games four 0 I mean, the, you have to give. You have to talk at, at this type of they're, level. They're, they're really they're they're great to watch, Tony. That's yeah. that's that's the big things. Like it's, I think it's sometimes when a team is so good and so dominant, it's found it uh, with like uh, under Rogers teams. It's hard f- to kind of mm. talk about them. But this this Celtic team, certainly this early in the season, it's quite easy to talk. This about. is this is why I, again this is a bit preference, and that's another reason why I think Postecoglou's got close to like Celtic fans' hearts. Is that again you're talking about the basics. 
uh, Amy, about the way they play. It's all about intensity. It's not about the sort of Barcelona style. Even Rodgers is more towards that, you know, the triangles, the, the passing teams to death. Some people love it. It's not my, it's not my favorite cup team. Mm. And I'm going to put a bet on it's 80% of Scottish football fans not really their absolute cup of tea. I, oh, can, set in, I can set and appreciate, don't get me wrong, when Barcelona were doing it under Guardiola, the I triangles would just appear uh, yeah, now. Because the players know, but you're not forcing it. It's not, but there's never possession for possession's sake. Yeah. It says, so it's never, that, that that sort of boredom never comes for well, me. Rangers had more possession at the weekend, yeah, look at that. They just, but they just, they just batter teams by sheer verve, it's in intensity, never stopping as, as, he, as he likes to say. Uh, and seen the ball boys are now in on it. They can see now that, that, that I love that when that happens, because it's happening a few teams when, they were, when the ball boys are being told what to do and it'd be so cool if you're like nine or ten and suddenly you feel like you've had a part to play a part in, in a goal I mean I'd, you'd be dying out on that forever just just picture the Postacoglu get the ball, uh, ball boys in at like nine o'clock in the morning just get them in the <laughs> I could almost room. picture I'm there, there and there and I, throwing I, him, him and him even in before I, the Rangers I, fans I, get I could, I could picture Postacoglu doing something like that I, I, I really I, I don't know if that does happen but that wouldn't go him standing talking to them would, that would be it would suit his personality. He is, all right, mate. You know, like with all the wee guys getting around, I could picture it for a mile away. I think, yeah, I think he's really well respected within the Celtic dress room. I think he uh, balances the um, being a manager without being too friendly. He's oh. a lot more authentic than uh, Mister Rogers is. Uh, <laughs> Not hard. Yeah, just <laughs> he, look, he is. He's a not. He just seems like a normal human being. Aye. Um, so I think the biggest worry for Celtic, I think I said this to you earlier, Amy, is, is about keeping this team together. I feel like there's a chance that this could get plundered. And I'm going to come on for something that's slightly, I could see what would frustrate Rangers fans is that Celtic didn't have recruitment down very well. All right. The club and Amy, you, I'm, I'm, you, I'll allow you to respond to this. All right. But I feel like I need to do something to sort of maybe balance the books here. A little we can bit. balance boots by talking about John McLaughlin. I mean, don't worry, but, but that's not that. That would be in a negative way for Rangers. Uh, Crack on. But, but um, obviously they've got what looked like a very second choice manager in who was given free reign to go and buy players from the G League. And it's all come up Millhouse. Doesn't sound like it was the most deliberate sort of thing that's ever happened. And Celtic's recruitment before then was sometimes a bit up and down when it was just the club that was involved in doing it. Is that unfair? What do you mean? Well, I mean, the Celtic recruitment and Sunday under Lennon and stuff was was all over the place. So you mean in that, like, under Postacoglu is just Postacoglu? No, 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 no. They, 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 it seems to be married together now. Oh, they, absolutely. They, yeah. Yeah. That, mm. but, but I'm saying that there's still, there's a bit... Like we're uh, not signing Marion Schved, who uh, yeah. Brendan Rodgers has no idea when he's coming through the door. Yeah, so there's, there's loads. Of, but I just say, and obviously Celtic under Lennon, they had... And sometimes when it's the Celtic recruitment, it can be a bit, it felt a bit mishmash at times. And now, as I was saying, they got a second choice manager and it was a second choice. There's no way anyone could tell me it wasn't. And he was allowed, there was a confidence put in him to go to a random league that most of the times have been used and it comes in. I think there, that's, there is that's, a, I, Again, this isn't me, I'm just saying that sometimes uh, there's circumstance and there is always an element of luck in getting I to this sort of level of, of team. I think there's been a, a, a plethora of changes that have really taken shape that, that allow this, See, this and, is and, interesting. and that's Andrew Postacoglu is obviously one of them but I think huge credit which does not happen a lot at Celtic and I'm not a fan of praising the, the board in particular but I think as quick as you can be to, to criticise when you do something right I think you have to democratically mm -hmm. applaud and I think Michael Nicholson since coming in uh, has allowed Postacoglu to bring in who he wants you know it has been a total change in shape from the um, the, the workings that, that Peter Lawwell perhaps would be keen to, to do. Uh, Michael Nicholson is very much, it is, it's 
widely regarded and known for anyone that speaks within the club that you know he he doesn't interfere as much as what Peter Lowell does or done you know and that's not an outrageous statement that's not going to shock anyone in Scottish mm-hmm. football um, and especially not because you know do not be under any illusions Peter Lowell is still a huge man a huge part of Celtic Football Club uh, right now um, but I think the way that the money or the money but money is uh, or signings and just the way that transfers are dealt with absolutely has a huge part to play between the relationship that, that Michael Nicholson and, and Ange Postacoglu has as well Do you and, think that a part of that is just down to Postacoglu himself, who I think uh, perhaps been deserves, a nice guy. deserves credit. Not only been a nice guy, but I can imagine him being um, quite straightforward with the board and just saying, "This is, I want it to be my way, uh, essentially, and I want to be given these assurances." And the fact that he's able to communicate that and have that personality to kind of stand up to the board and express what he wants, because ever since James McCarthy, every Every single signing that's been made by Celtic has you can you look at him and think that has Postecoglou's fingerprints mm-hmm. all over it because he's that type of player who fits into this uh, th- th- this identity that he's built at Celtic. Yeah, but if you but I'd still would say if you run it through the ninety nine alternate universes where Celtic bring in a second choice unknown manager and let them sign players for the G League, it all turns to shit. But uh, <laughs> we go to. Uh, Finish us off, Joel. John McLaughlin, you're a goalkeeper, Joel. Uh, finish us off there, because we've spent an obscene amount of time on this game. Yeah. On you go. Well, I should be allowed to host. <laughs> <laughs> um, I f- first goal, I think he needs to do... Uh, goalkeepers should be saving that. Uh, second goal was Jota, wasn't it? I just think that's a, a very... Caught off guard. Yeah, totally. caught off guard. But I think, I, think y- uh, I think Yota deserves credit for an improvised finish. I don't think... I think finish. McLaughlin stands up. McLaughlin stands up really well. And he turns away before it even goes over the line. He, um, he allows, like, Yota, if there's one... If he's going to score that goal, that's the way he has to score it, by lifting it over McLaughlin. Yeah, he's actually narrowed the angle for Jota. Yeah. I, I mean, the, 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 I think the, the XG was very, very low for that one. And then the third goal... I mean, it's, it's fired straight at his leg. That's a, a tough one. The fourth one is just... He's, he's, he's talked about it before. He's like Craig Gordon. He's so static with the ball at his, his feet. And then you add in all the pressure, the fact that three goals, mm-hmm. the stress of it, and then he just he makes an arse of it. My favourite part of the whole thing is every time the, uh, the camera cut to the bench and Alan McGregor just sitting there stony face. <laughs> even when even when Rangers had a great chance with Kolak and uh, like the whole bench are up, McGregor just still standing there just sitting there like, oh. Well, we might see him with his hands out very very soon my last bit that. that fourth goal does just totally epitomise that we do not stop because up until then Zeltic had slightly taken the foot off the gas a little bit but to still have that high press in the 77th minute and to be mm-hmm. on sh- as sharp as you are and that's David Turnbull as well not a starter do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just the, 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 the quality that, that he can just come in and do that. And I'm delighted for David. Tindall. I'm going to put the stops on this. Someone has to do it at some point. Uh, and I'm sorry, Rangers fans. I know that got very sell TV, but when you get beat 4-0 in a derby with such an incredible performance, there, there does have to be room given to that to talk. Tony, I think the Terrace podcasts are way down the list of priorities that Rangers fans are angry about. <laughs> Namely, they're bored for not investing uh, in the team. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll let other podcasts talk about the reasons for that. Um, let's go on to maybe a team that I owe an apology. Well, I think every single person, that they, if I owe them an apology, everyone does. Um, Sir Johnston, not just... 
winning a game, but also scoring more than one goal that feels like the first time. First since time since October 2nd, I think, when they beat Dundee. First time in the league, that is. That right. They've done it against lower league opposition. Um, and uh, an incredible 3-0 win, which sort of epitomises the Scottish Premiership, really, that a team coming in with three victories on the bounce. We've been talking really highly of... St Mirren, Stephen Robinson getting everything together and, and, and his sort of makeup, the mm. kind of team, talking about sort of some of the signings they made in the summer, Ayunga and Bacchus, looking, looking great. Even Curtis Main has been scoring. <laughs> but St Johnston turn up and scud them 3 0. Joe, you watched this. Yes, they, they, they did. It was. Um, it was. It was. It did finish 3 0, but St Johnston's summer, like, amazing. I don't think it was the. <sighs> Three probably talking about this other St. Johnston fans already think this podcast hates them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was it's the only team outside the old firm that I see actively like St. St. Johnston deserved to win, but I think the three 0 I don't think it was quite a three 0 game in mm-hmm. terms of the balance. That certainly didn't look that way. And when you watch the highlights, it didn't look quite that way. But seeing St. Johnston be ruthless is unheard of. The, the big thing is from from that game, there's a lot so when St. Johnson were defeated 3-2 by Hearts, I came away thinking they, they're in trouble. Despite the fact it was, it, was, it was a narrow win for us, they never really looked like the pressing home when they got to 2-2. They didn't have any attacking plan, and this was against the Hearts side decimated by injury and a lot of changes. A lot of St. Johnson fans, I think, were coming away from... Quite a few St. Johnson fans were coming away from that being really uh, positive, and I was thinking, if you're taking po- a lot of positives from that game, then you're in trouble. Mm. But... There was in this game a lot of positives to go forward. First of all, Nicky Clark, what a difference he makes. He was scored a goal, but it was more his all-round play and the fact that he constantly was linking up with Stevie May. He was getting above um, uh, uh, Charles Dunn to win headers to win. Wow, bring, that's not no, no, it's, but it's, but it's, it's about timing mm. and about positioning and using his body. That's what Nicky uh, Clark did and. Talked about it on the last uh, last show. They really missing. They were missing a Stephen McLean kind of figure, someone as a focal point, Theo intelligent Bayer, striker. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Theo Bayer, very. Um, I was going to say raw, but just not up to scratch at the moment. Mm-hmm. Stevie May, he wants to move around, and he's not going to hold the ball up. Uh, I kind of similar. Chris Kane is more like uh, Nicky Clark, but Nicky Clark's a lot, uh, just a very intelligent striker. Straight away, he makes a difference. Conor McLennan, Conor McLennan off the bench. He'll add a wee bit of pace to the... One a penalty. One a penalty, yeah. A brilliant uh, pass from Remy Matthews mm. as well. Um, the, the the back three, again, doing re- really nice balance to it. I was, was kind of been surprised how good Ryan McGowan's been, both yeah. centre-back and centre-midfield. He was working a younger and done okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So now you guys like powerful yeah, pacing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Except for the... The, the chance that the chance that leads to kind of the the melee in the box <laughs> Ryan's like got his arms around his waist and totally loses him but other than that I felt like contented with him really rather well yeah, and did. I think there was a huge amount of doubts for myself and we all spoke on this about McGowan first we were worried about him being made to play right wing back or right back didn't think that's not Chucked McGowan everywhere. anywhere but in the right of a back three, does it seem like his deficiencies are, are, are mass enough that he's, he's he's going to be a good signer? Yeah, I think. I mean, that's a negative way to come out. Sorry. You look at you look at a right of a back three is that he's got the experience as a fullback, so mm. and he's got the he's got the mobility to play right of a back three to mm. come out to uh, mm. wide areas and cover. It's he maybe just doesn't have the acceleration to play as a wing back, mm-hmm. and then as a in a three, he's not having to do just like the. Um, 
it, it, there's a lot more kind of defensive responsibility mm. working as working as a two, but both him and Constantine on either side of Mitchell, who is just brilliant. Uh, right, honestly, okay, that's his interest. He is. Um, he's pretty good against Hibs and that. So I, I he's understand. just he's, he's just a a defender. Yeah. That's why he heads just everything. Loves to defend. Loves Nothing to wrong with that. In, a no, back, no, in the middle of a back three, especially that's, that's pretty ideal. I would say. So it's uh, obviously Gordon that was there in the last couple of seasons, and he's that kind of meat and potatoes defender. When he's been brought on, he's been having to play on the right because they moved, they moved McGowan in the midfield but Mitchell just reads the game so well he's got a wee bit of pace he's just strong he puts his uh, puts his head in where it's going to hurt he, uh, he blocks he just he's just the type of defender you need at, in that position mm-hmm. in the middle of the back three you need someone to defend big issue though for St Johnston in this game was their midfield absolutely so Carey and Carey and Halberg, yes. Like there's parts of that I like. Two, there's two technical, players. technical players, but there doesn't seem to be huge mobility. No, <laughs> for uh, a two-man midfield. Uh, like Graham Carey can't tackle. Yeah, I was uh, going to say there's a real lack of physicality in that issue. Yeah. I think so. I think that's where they didn't get. Ohara, Erehor, and Bacchus are all big. All yeah, big, them. powerful. Yeah, they, yeah. They, I think they were they were they helped by O'Hara had an off day. Erahan's um, passing was erratic. It's been a, erratic a couple of times I, I this mean, season. I mean, Erahan is a player that you just cannot put your finger on. Nah, whatsoever. Hot, cold, hot. Yeah, cold, yeah. Hot, and it, I suppose and it comes, he's a he's a young player, but then the games are starting to rack up because I don't always like to talk about age. I like to talk about number of games and, and, and learning. Um, and and Aaron, like on his day is like delightful to watch. Like really, really good and. Um, but yeah, I just don't. I, I can never put my finger on Erehon, whether I like him or not, and whether he's good. He's certainly talented. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like Bacchus, I've so much time for Bacchus. Bacchus he's a, a brilliant, a brilliant find. Um, I wish I'd say Bacchus. Like I, I was looking at it because Sabrina have got him in. I think loads of teams were after a player like that. The ball carrying sort of large, big. Uh, sort of dynamic mm. midfielder and uh, Samirin pulled off a, a really good one getting that in because I, I do honestly think that's a midfielder that every single team wants yeah he's, he's, he's the perfect midfielder for a Scottish Premiership yeah. midfield uh, but going back to go back to St Johnston I think there was plenty of positives to take looking going ahead I think now they've got the back three nice balanced tip they've got Montgomery and Wright so Wright's back. a decent wing back, really. I mean, that that, it was that a great feeds, link up for the goal. Yeah, yeah. So that, that both, feeds both more into Wright and both Wright yeah. and McDummery did uh, did really well. And you just think, right, if you get those two, then you can play. Uh, you've got the, a solid defensive three. You can be a bit more attacking down the flanks, and then you don't have to play the the three four three. You can play two up front with uh, Clark and May, and then have Graham Carey just in a free role behind, and mm. then you've got Murray Davidson and Melker Halberg. That is a balanced. Solid eleven mm-hmm. that is capable of staying in the staying in the Premiership. But and then as you say, like Madre, right? I think he has attributes that suit being a wing back more than they do suit him being a, a right winger. Mm. I, I think that his, his work rate and his defensive attributes are actually were always what I was thought of as a defensive winger. So I think that does suit him better in terms of like you'll get more out of him there. There'll be a much more appreciation of what he does because when he plays in a right wing. He's nowhere near got the output or the pace or the skill to be sort of like one of the main men in a front three. Mm. So I thought, so I do think that makes more sense for Dre Wright playing for St. Johnson. And Montgomery does really, really well for the goal. It's really, I mean, from a submitting point of view, I mean, you'll be absolutely like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But if a guy's at your byline and he's eventually just playing a pass, not like. Well, a to cu- look up, have a wee. Where's <laughs> my mum and dad? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's obviously going to be annoying. But he does, he takes his time, he's really composed. Uh, and he picks out for, for the goals. So, yeah, and then obviously Dre Wright coming in for the right, that gives 
unusual flexibility from from Davidson team, and I, I don't know if that sort of alludes to sort of a change in an attitude and maybe what how much a goal brings to them that they're already sort of one 0 up and going for it because Trey Wright's coming for the right wing back and he's in the centre of the box to score a goal. That's pretty attacking. It's pretty fluid. Um, so there's parts to be excited about, but I mean Declan Gallagher didn't look good at the opening goal. I think it was him and Dunn. Dunn, yeah, yeah. Got, both got in each other's way. And Clark's allowed so much time to bring that down, and I know, then I it's a great finish. Uh, yeah. It's a great finish, but to allow to be to chase that down and then oh, now I'll lash the top of the net. It's just you shouldn't be allowed, and still with no one around him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> acres, acres of space. Um, so. I just think for first minute it was just an off day. day. That's what I was going to ask. You think that's like should they wouldn't re- to put much too much into this? Were you Not. surprised at Stephen Robinson's comments? Because I was. He said the exact same thing after the Motherwell defeat, and he went, "We will play worse than that and, and walk away with a win." After the Motherwell defeat, believed that because I felt that like they were the better side. But I don't think that Samaritan were the better side yet, eh, on Saturday. No, I don't think I don't think they were the better side. I think they, it was it was a slightly more even game than the the three nil suggested. But St Johnston were deserved winners, probably created the slightly better chances. But it was one with St Mirren where they had three players who I think are going to be inconsistent through the season. And you notice that Mark Ahara, or four players you even talked about, Erahan, and the two strikers. The two strikers, are Curtis Main has been a handful this season, but he was miles off it. And then Ayunga, I just, I just think he's going to be an erratic, um, inconsistent yeah, forward. Yeah, I did, because I, I like, I like Luke Ayunga. I've mm. watched him in a couple of times, the full 90, and I, and I did like him. But when I heard people say, I think Rob was saying that the Sibirin fans we're thinking that this guy would go on to another level. I was like, "Whoa, let's let's relax." He looks like he's going to be a good Four Scottish in by this point. Yeah, yeah, a good Scottish Premiership striker. And um, but again, like you say, erratic. But I do, I do really like Gaynor when mm. he's been on his game. It's because he, oh, he's he mar- handful. He, mar- he marries the sort of aggression, the work rate. Uh, he doesn't let balls go dead, which I guess a couple of his assists come from from that exact thing. Uh, but he likes to go past people and he's willing to hit a shot. So I think overall he's a good signing. But I don't. I was um, well, going on to what uh, exactly? Because I, I don't know if I buy it. But anyway, let's move on to the game I'm here for, uh, which is Livingston defeating. <laughs> Hips uh, one, Tony. Uh, uh, I was there for that. I've enjoyed that already. Um, Livingston defeating Hearts who were arrogant enough to leave Laurie Shank on the bench despite having a, a plethora of other injuries. Uh, and they were handsomely beaten 1-0. <laughs> uh, and Hearts decided not even to kick a ball between the sticks at any point in 90 minutes. Not great. What, what do you want to know? Uh, everything. <laughs> right, no, let's, let's, let's start with Livingston. I think that's unfair. Let's, let's start with... Because Hearts were brilliant for the first 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sure. Right, uh, Let's let's start with uh, Livingston and let's start with Montano. I, I think it has to be as I said. I, I had to make an apology on air because I slagged off Montano a lot last season. Not that you give shit, but, but some random fat guy thinks. Oh, Martin Dale effectively said it was shit last season. Uh, yeah. So I, and then they saw him this season, and then he suddenly scored that great goal against Dundee United. That was it, at Tannadice and. Uh, against Hibs I watched him he was okay he got subbed off because he was already there a booking against mm. Boyle but and this is another one against uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm making jokes about, about Hearts but obviously it's still a strong team and Montano's coming away with the goal he got man of the match he got player of the month at Livingston he's had about three really good performances here is it as simple as moving on back to left back Joel do you think that's just yeah so Martindale 
Martin, I love Martin Dale giving it all. He needed a year, like he's fucking Klopp. You know, <laughs> like Liverpool always need a year to get to grips with his style. Fucking so Martin Dale. So he, <laughs> I think Martin Dale brought him in to be to basically to be able to play left uh, left wing back, left back, uh, left wing. Montagna wanted to play left wing. Martin Dale wanted to play him at left back, and we've just been arguing for a year. <laughs> so it, was, it just it basically just said it's, it's taken him a year to get. Can he, to persuade them to play left back. <laughs> I'm the boss here. <laughs> but get, 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 can he, Do I know my history? <laughs> so he talked about getting, getting, used, getting used to Scottish football uh, because of can he, the coaching aspect of it, the fact that he's got me able to get him on the training ground because he's in the lower leagues England. You're just playing game, Rory, game, game, Rory, game. To be fair, Rory Loy spoke about that at length on the terrace when he mm. done an interview with Telfer. Mm. And that's something he said that you find a lot of the English players aren't, lower league ones aren't really... You stick when they come to Scotland because here it is week to week, so there is more. People laugh at this because obviously Scottish people isn't sort of this sort of tactical big prep, but I think we probably that's unfair that we do, and it's week to week. You there's a lot of preparation, a lot of shape work, whereas like you say, Montano's used to. I mean, it sounds fun. Don't get me wrong. I always say when I find the lower when I hear that lower league, I say that would suit a lot of players. Just what play, 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 and then go on with. So die, <laughs> yeah, die. Oh, but um, so how did like I was very interested when I saw Penrice was playing left midfield. I mean, how did that that work? With so j- just 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 before it's on my own, Daniel. He he came out afterwards and said, "Oh, uh, yeah, the left left back suits me because uh, the game's in front of me and I can run into space." And then Martin Dale comes out afterwards. I really wanted to play uh, left wing. Last uh, last year they play left back, <laughs> so uh, aye, so they started four four one one yeah, yeah. Um, with Isma behind uh, Nubly. Martindale spent the first twenty minutes raging with Isma because he just wasn't getting to grips with what he was expected of him. Martin, Shop shocked. <laughs> Martindale was because he, he came and said, he said that he finds it hard to figure out what Hearts are going to do and same with Hearts fans we figure out find it hard to figure out what Nielsen's going to do because there's flexibility within the squad he thought he had a game plan for back three back four Hearts played a back four and like I said they were actually, we were actually really really good in the, uh, the first 20 minutes to create two great chances the switch of play to Mackay Stephen and Cochran was always on dominated uh, Levy down that side Levy moved to a 4-3-3 so then Penrice played in the front three with <laughs> what? Yeah, but and that it. fucking blows my mind. I mean, but to be fair, Martindale does this stuff a lot, and it's left of a front three, and but it was it was it was relatively not non-existent. Yeah, in an attacking sense. Because I, I, I quite like uh, I like Penrice and Devlin. Obviously, like Pen, Penrice isn't a million miles away from Devlin. They're both sort of really hard-working fullbacks, very willing, but there is a lack of ability in them. And that's I like. I mean, last year I think in the Scottish Cup. When uh, Livingston took Hearts to penalties, I watched that and I thought Penrice and Devlin were both superb mm. to the game. So I really do appreciate him. Devlin, as I've said before, he reminds me of when David Gray was at his best at Hibs. Like, because it's not always the prettiest thing to watch, but he's really quite effective. And he is so willing and he makes all the runs and he, and he gets into the box. So he's a player that I like, but uh, Penrice in the front threes, wacky even for, <laughs> for Martindale, who does like this stuff quite a lot. I mean, Amy, were, were you surprised like me? I, I, I made a joke about the arrogance of Hearts with Shanklin, but I, I guess I know they've got these European games coming up. But were you surprised to see like just when they've got so many injuries and they've just been beating the cup and they've no looked great and there's already rumblings? I mean, that's just classic Hearts fan, but that's another conversation that he would risk dropping Shanklin at that that point. I mean, Hearts are probably going to get beat of Istanbul, right? Let's be brutally honest. 
So I mean, it seems like a big. It seems like a big risk to me. I just find it odd. Um, you know, you've got Shankland who's been kind of in and out the side already, um, for Nielsen's reasons again that are surprising earlier on in the season. Let's get him in. You know, he's still relatively new in the door. Go and get him playing with his, he's already his scored teammates. And he's exactly, good. but get get his teammates totally knowing the runs that he, he's trying to make in a, in a competitive kind of nature, and especially given what went on in the midweek. Um, losing to Kilmarnock again at Tyne Castle, just trying to get a bit of momentum going ahead of Thursday. If that's the most important thing. That's what I, I would suggest. So, not that I'm a Hearts fan by any manner of means, but a lot of my friends are. And yeah, there was a lot of just. Need just, new friends. I do need new friends, you're right. Um, they, they were just like, meh. Like, you want your best players on show. At this point, in if, the season, if we're going to win the Conference League, then we need to. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to win the Conference uh, yeah, League. <laughs> We, we need to rest up. I know. I think this this is a real. I think this is a, a lot of discussion after the Livingston game. It's a kind of dilemma that about the the balance, the kind of the fatigue balance of Europe. Uh, fatigue. We, we're on match day six. Honestly, you should see Michael Smith after Kamara yeah, gone. That's different to Shanklin, though, isn't it? Uh, as a young, it's a, it's a I mean, young you should have seen Shanklin as well. <laughs> was eaten up, eaten up by Ash Taylor. Uh, no, I, 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 can, I completely understand that and discussing it with pals, discussing it, uh, just seeing other Hearts fans talk about it. And I think the priority should be still third place. Because you, you, uh, the growth the club can make with back-to-back. Back-to-back, that's group it. Stages that's, that's, a big, that's, that's a big thing. And if, this but, was already, if we'd already lost this group stage in the next season, I would say go for gold, Hearts. And really, but, like, there, there's a, there's Hearts in a position where other clubs still aren't got their shit together, even though they're spending money. There's but an opportunity bring, to really fucking get but yourselves. But a big thing for Spring and Shankle in this, you want to play in the European games. Mm-hmm. The same with every single other player. They want to play in those European games. So it is, it, it's a balancing factor. And this, the, the team that played against Livingston, as showed in the first 20 minutes, is still good uh, good enough to beat. Mm-hmm, of course it is. Good, good enough to beat Livingston. But the issue is that there was no response to when Livingston changed their uh, system, got ahead, and then that was. So what, it. It was, what was just, the, what was the system change that like, like so basically they were set up to play against Hearts in a back three is what you thought, and then once Hearts changed, and then once they got to grips with that, what what did they do to do that? Just they just went to four three three and so basically played essentially played Penrith higher up. So then Nielsen or there was more pressure on the ball as when uh, Hearts had it in the uh, defensive third to stop the switch of play because Nielsen uh, sometimes Civic would just fire out. Out left, and then once that stopped happening, literally Hearts did nothing, nothing because they created two great chances, and then after that, absolutely nothing. And the Stefan Omionga, Scott Pittman, and Jason Holt just ran midfield. They just they were just up in every single uh, second ball. So good midfield, I like it. Yeah, in, in intensity, do. they've got, they've got a bit for everything. They've they're all they can all handle the ball really well. They can tackle. Omionga had to be get, uh, taken off because he was on a booking and he was he was coming out, but it was disrupting Hearts play and exactly what you want from uh, Omionga. That, that's his job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hearts can't handle that midfield, but they're winning the conference league. Of course they are. Uh, that's when they'll bring all the big guns back in, like um, Peter Haring. What's uh, wrong with Peter Haring? Nah, well, um, well, if we go back to last time he played in Europe, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll have he's G- one on one off one on one off yeah yeah no but I think uh, uh, I hate hearts we don't need to go into that but um, but there's uh, what have we ever done uh, uh, <laughs> a lot uh, but like what but the, 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 there's an unfortunate part where they've had there are, there are injuries and I spoke about this on Thursday on the Patreon uh, I, I saw it a bit at length where there is this weird balancing act hearts are try again to because they do have injuries or try to cope with that 
there's there's a bit of criticism about the window, but they were, it's hard to prepare for a window knowing that you're going to have all these injuries. You know, and like, should we buy in more players to cope? It is. I, I get it. It's a it's a it's a really tough sell the now, but that's why. I would have just been, even though I know they're talking about fatigue, I think off the back of a defeat, I would have been like, I really, really want to get back on. Because now you're going into this European game, yeah. you've lost a home game to Kilmarnock and a away game to Livingston. There's a good chance you're talking about... a shit final transfer deadline there. Yeah, and, like, so, and now the fans... Are, and it doesn't take a lot for Arts fans to turn on you, so we all know this. But the, yeah. the, the, I don't think there'll be a lack of... Because it's going to be a big night at Tynecastle. Mm. It's a big team, well... Um, yeah, a packed house, so that's there's that's going to naturally raise. Uh, yeah, there's, there's that's going to take care of itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like Kilmarnock coming back to mm. Tynecastle. We just like, oh, we're going to get beat again. But <laughs> it's, it's also it's, it's it's frustrating because we've had uh, we, uh, Craig Gordon's been uh, Craig Gordon, Stephen Kingsley, Craig Halkett, Nathaniel Atkinson, Kai Rolls, um, Andy Halliday, Cami Devlin have all had issues come in at the season or issues during the season, Michael Smith as well, and not not everyone's been fully fit. So I think that's been part of the fatigue when he talks about um, like Mike Likes, Michael Smith. They just don't have that same in- mm. intensity because of being carrying knocks or had issues. And it's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunately taking its toll. Was 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 Fitzwater injured? When, when, I, I missed Suspended. that. Talk. Suspended, right? That makes more sense. Because I was like, he's, been, he's had a pretty good start to the season. I would have thought... He, um, he, Sean Kelly and I Obelai dominated uh, Humphreys who had a stinker on. Ah, right. I saw that online. The people were they, like, so laugh, laughable. The, the, the winning goal, it was clearly onside, but Kingsley, Cochrane, Halliday, Devlin, they all thought it was miles up, uh, mile offside and went to the linesman to remonstrate the player who played him on was Humphreys and he just seen him walking back to the <laughs> uh, walking back to the centre circle because he knew because he had he was the last man but I felt sorry for him because he'd been dropped in after just signing and Hearts obviously wanted to play a high line and mm-hmm. he was the only one that dropped he's him. probably not had the yeah. the sort of the training on the for the for the set pieces and that fair enough but I like I mean uh, Baham Bula came on he looked like he's he had fun yeah, he is a lot of fun, and it's just they do this so well. <laughs> the transfer business is bizarre. Like, I mean, some of it doesn't make any. It doesn't always work, but he seems to be able to get. They seem to be able to get these guys. David Martin, who at the beginning of the season goes, oh, at the beginning of the transfer window, oh, we're not going to be able to bring in a lot of guys. Uh, we're going to lose a lot, but we're he's not going to be able to bring it. these folks. He's lost, he lost one, then, one player, maybe two. Because uh, <laughs> we we spoke about that, Amy, yeah. when we were saying that. I was like, like he was talking about the the tournament. I'm like. That's the least turnover I remember watching they the started, team. Yeah, they, they started, uh, the starting lineup was had nine from last season. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, they, this is why why I've been thinking at Livingston. We're going to have a we're going to have a good season, and now, and he's and because he's got this core team that he can rely on and understand how Livingston are going to play, he is maybe able to go for like your your Goncalves's, uh, Bamba Bula, who look like they're a bit more off the cuff left field players who maybe aren't going to be quite as rigid as you normally expect. Uh, a team like a Livingston player that, and they've got Shinny sitting on the bench here who I thought had a decent start to the season Stephen Kelly as well Stephen it, Kelly Ed Martindale came out afterwards and he's, he was talking about we need to get him in the gym and get him on the coaching field mm. I, I really, he's been at Rangers <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then Guthrie even came off who like I mean I've got this hilarious feeling that he's going to end up scoring like seven or eight goals for the bench which will be absolutely great nice. because he just he, he looks like he's meant to be shit Everything points to shit, 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 shit. So that just means that Livingston is going to be good. And then the first thing I look up, he's nearly scoring a back heel. Volley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but brilliant save from Gordon. Yeah, so it was brilliant. So um, I just, I just, I mean, it's just Livingston, it keeps on going on. And the fact that they bounce back for these defeats, they never go on these long, 
long like losing streaks at all. It says a lot about the mentality, but it also says about like we spoke before about with Martindale, like him or, or lump him. He's been there so long that they're always going to be fine with, with him there because it's just everyone that comes in. It's you just imagine is going to be straight and comfy, no problem. But let's move on, Joel. We'll have we'll be able to talk about Hearts maybe doing well. I mean, do you fancy Hearts on Thursday? I take it. Yeah, why yeah, not? Cool. Why, why the hell not? Why not? Right, we're going to move on to Easter Road, was it? That we're going to do next? Yes. Yes, why the hell not? Hibernian managed to get their first win since the opening day, uh, defeating Kilmarnock by the same score, and they beat St Johnston, and that was one goal to nil. But this was... A hell of a lot more stressful than... than <laughs> I was going to say, you, uh, going by the messages you were putting in the group chat, you you did not enjoy yourself uh, at Easter Road. I was like, I was doing... Cons- I get through it and I'm like, ah, right, finally. Because obviously Hibs has been... It's been every game's been on tenderhooks, it's not been late drama. We've never really... Um, we've never been humped at all. We've never been out of any game. It seems like last week uh, against St Mirren was the, the proper worst performance where Hibs could have actually been, been put away in that, in that game comfortably at points. Uh, but this one, you're thinking, right, 10 minutes in, uh, there's a red card. It's a clear red card. I don't know why they tried to make this a thing on sports scene about it being like a decision. It's Nobody's, nobody was arguing. Everyone there's knew. a covering man. Like, come <laughs> on, he wiped po- the game. Because it would pique my interest because I was, I was scrolling through uh, Twitter and then it just had analysis in capital letters. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. Of red cards, like that's the most obvious red card <laughs> of the weekend of the season. Because I mean, people don't. Obviously, the the intent rule doesn't come into play because it's outside the box. Yep. That's it. It's only in the box of that the intent rule. So it's a double jeopardy type of thing. But unfortunately for Kilmarnock, Hibs managed to score from that free kick, and they'll be mortified about that goal. Because now looking at, especially when they've got hindsight now, and to see Hibs being wasteful, not taking advantage of of the situation. You look back at that now and think maybe with the work, hard work we've put in, you could have snuck out with, with a nil-nil. Mm. And you've allowed a, a free kick that's from a guy who's not particularly known for, for shooting. And Neil is right at the goalie. He parries it quite unconvincingly straight back out. And then there's six men who just watch and don't really react to anything. Oh, it's that, been stuff, my pal, but I'm not going to track uh, it down. Yeah, so Foley Shaw. And then it goes back to Neil and... Uh, so he just gets over it the sort of decision is made for him on how to shoot that which is sometimes good for these types of players where there's no thought I can only do one thing and that's put in that near post and he scores but the 15 minute like then so the Kilmarnock sort of change at that point they were sitting on a if you give me one second they, they started with three at the back Kilmarnock but after that change they went to, they went back to a back four uh, so that's a bit disappointing for them because it's not just that you've lost a player you've had to like well, as we all know, there's really everything else is a variation on a theme. Three at the back and four at the back are the main sort of processes and, and difference in in shape. Uh, and then they go and they just have Cameron up front by himself. They they sort of left Armstrong as the guy, the main guy they would go through to try and make any sort of creation. But for the I do like him. Yeah, he's not he's not a bad player at all. I, I like to. I was watching them there quite closely because I know you'd mentioned them before. Um, but there was the 20 minutes after the goal where Hibs were going for the jugular, the pace of the game was good. Hibs were playing in the way that I've been saying I think that they want to. I think Hibs want to play maybe not like Celtic, but it's meant to be quite intense, not meant to be... <laughs> but it's meant to be relative. So I, I think they want what they would like to do is that they want to play quickly, forward... A lot forward, of teams would like to do. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. 
Uh, but they're, they're not, Rangers. Like, not like well, when, when Hibs under Maloney, for example, it was possession for possession's sake. It was never really going to work. But I think with Johnson, he wants to get balls wide. He wants to get clip balls over the top uh, behind the fullbacks with the wide players going in. Everything. I mean, Hibs have spent their entire budget on forwards and not really bothered about any other part of the team. It seems. Um, so that's that we want to do, and we were doing that, and I was like, right, we're getting behind it. Well, here a goal's going to come any minute. Some bad decisions from from Yuan. I mean, Yuan just doesn't like passing. He's weird. He's got three assists. Doesn't like passing. So it's, it's not very good at shooting. The shooting, you can see that it's starting to get in his head. The style of the shots, because that one that goes over the bar, you never fancy them one, and it's a really good chance. And you never fancy them at one place to go deeper in. Uh, and then so it all slows down. Uh, and I mean, he's, he, I love him, but I, I actually felt that was because of Porteous. He started, he was getting the ball a lot. You see for the goal, uh, to create the goal, it's his ball over the top towards Boyle. That, great pass. Yeah, it's a great pass. And that's the things that Porteous is, is really good at. But and then after that, when after about the half an hour, he started getting on, demanding the ball a lot. And he gets on the ball a lot and he was slowing it right down. And then Kamarnik, for all their faults or whatever, but if, Derek McInnes, uh do it to 10 men and sitting in and shut shop. That says, I mean, he was probably excited. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> when, Chasing Taylor down. Well done. Well yeah, done. Yeah, right. Thank God. Now right, is the time. Right, yeah. So like, so that's, that's what you expect from that. So they, they were, they were going to do quite well with that. I was, um, but then he just let it slow down. He was getting on the ball all the time and it was just going back forward. And I was like, this is never, ever going to work. And then that dragged him to, going into the second half for a while and it took till about the 70th minute again where the chances started to come again and obviously Kamarnik being forced to to come out so that that was that was frustrating from my point because I was like it was working it was, the style wasn't the problem it was just being clinical decision making in the last Can third we please highlight the Wojang chance we will I'll come to it I promise we will I promise we will let's just do it quickly actually I mean the SPFL highlights that we put in uh, yeah. <laughs> I need to have a word with a certain, uh, certain member of the Terrace, po- uh, terrace podcast here uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely it just seems he's got this thing there every time he comes to the pitch he's going to get a guilt edge chance as well which uh and it's, it's unbelievably who bad for is, <laughs> Who is the who 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 does the announcer? Who's the announcer? Stadium announcer at Hibs. Uh, Barry. Barry Wilkins. I seen someone on, uh, on Twitter blame him because he uh, he announced <laughs> yeah. he, he announced he announced something while he was running through and goal. Uh, I think he shot he made up with uh, Bojan shit himself, uh, and then he just done it. Like I was like I'd say that he doesn't even hit it hard enough that I don't know even if the goal is in if that's even going to go in. Uh, he'll stop and the defender will just go back and just pick it up and just jog out with the ball and play a little pass wide. Um, so that 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 was that was insane. I'd say that the Living City had the the guilt edge chance there, so it's like he's getting the chances. But uh, you sign strikers for Rainbow FC. <laughs> you you, you kind of you live and die by the sword. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. My 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 cola uh, with us with this word. Yeah, um, he and um, we've got to go back to Ebbs. I'm going to come on to come on really quickly because I, I want to talk about a little bit of something that I quite liked about them. But with with Hibs, something that really I see the difference with Kenny. I'm not. He is like he's like very much a good skinner. Right, and he's really good at that, and he wins the ball back, and he's good in a tackle, and he reads the game pretty well. But then he's got that where he doesn't let the ball run through him, and he gets it. He only ever he takes a touch. He wants to go right back where he got it from. Mm. He's not. He really can't get with the intensity of the game when he has the ball. He can do it fine when he's off the ball, but when he's off it, and that really slows a lot of the things down. But what he does do is he releases Joe Newell. 
and I think, and I, and now I was thinking about like Joe Neal. That was his best performance in a while. He was really good. Not just this goal. He was driving forward well with the ball. He was taking a lot of responsibility. Uh, he was trying to get in the box. He was trying to create chances. And then I started thinking, is that like he was at his best at Hibs when Gogic was there? So does Neil to unlock sort of like his best play? Does he need to have a proper? I am defensive midfielder. Mm. I will sit in there and that is all I'm going to do. Because uh, that's an interesting thing I'm going to try and watch. Because like Kenny, I said, with him being on the pitch, that seemed to unlock Neil and he had his best game in a long time. Henderson, again, <sighs> this time what's annoying is he was getting on the ball and it was now execution. Because I was thinking, right, this is dream stuff for Henderson. The type of player he is. Down to 10 men. Quick players all around him. Him playing in the front three. Uh, space to go and get, get on the ball and then his execution was letting him down when he had really easy passes that were going to unlock Hibs get him behind so that really frustrated me because Henderson he's got a three year deal at Hibs so he's going to be fine no matter what but in terms of his career if this doesn't work there is, there's nowhere else to go there's mm. no other avenue to go down where anyone's really well, I mean there's there's other avenues so just uh, his, his career just won't end yeah, yeah. <laughs> No one, no one else wants you. But it's gone. But um, again, to, to quickly finish with with, with Komarnik, the as I said, the what what I like about the the new wing back that says the Kerasin, yeah, yeah. Uh, him and Alibusi, I thought they looked like they could be strong, athletic. Either I think wing backs in the normal play. Yeah. And or, or as fullbacks, so that would be they they worked really hard, and I said you can see they didn't get a lot to go on, but you can see there's going to be skills there. They could be sort of handy players because the problem for them in in, in the middle, there's just not anything else, especially with Lafferty not there. There's just nothing else in the centre, right through the team, where there's any sort of real quality because Polworth is it, got worse, and he was already had a lot. There was all he was already a like I'm talking about with Kenny, a half player. He could only do one side of Liam the game. Liam Donnelly. Uh, yeah, and then you've got, so you're just like, there's no enough quality. So those wing-back fullbacks are going to be the, the thing that I think is going to be huge for Kilmarnock. Yeah, I, I think the, I think Portworth's had a decent start to the season. I mm. think he's done better than you would expect he'd, him I to do. I thought Power would have him in a headlock for 90 minutes. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. Power, uh, Power needs to play with uh, Kilmarnock in, uh, in the midfield and you're looking at this setup. they probably just need to play a back three with the two, get the pace from the, mm. uh, the, the the flanks of the wing-backs because they don't have anyone in the final third to offer that. They don't have any pace in the final third. I thought Christian Doidge was kind of almost a lateral move signing him when they've got... I don't see what they're going to be able to do Kyle, with him. Kyle Lafferty already. Uh. I think they needed someone who could um, who could be Kyle Lafferty's re- uh, legs to be able to run him, mm. uh, run, run him behind or someone who can play, kind of drop off and get on the ball. But... We don't Armstrong's been decent. Uh, Ronnie McKenzie's. I mean, same player he's always been now. Yeah, and they're they're not, they're not going to be a fun team to watch. I think they're actually going to be the least fun team to watch what? this season. Uh, yeah. So uh, and McKenzie just uh, just he's no, loving that. Love yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get, get, gets home, shows he gets a gets a DVD out for his wife. Look how boring we <laughs> were today. <laughs> Orders a <are> curry. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they they looked fit. That's one thing I think they look fit. They look like they've got a bit of mobility. In, in their team, like I said, with the wide players and power, it goes through a power of work. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean that and I won't do it again. Uh, and Armstrong, I'd say he looks like a handy player. So there, there's elements of it, but it's just, yeah, you're right. It's just, 
It's never going to be exciting. Boring. Yeah, and it's and it's dead in the What? It's acting like we didn't know. This was good. This was going to happen. Good laugh. We laugh at AKA on him and Porches instantly. Just instantly. Yeah. They like, like, like they're drawn together. <laughs> Porches moved. Lafferty moved. They were just like, right, we, we're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have a we're laugh. We're going to do that dance. Yeah. Yeah. If, you see if, he, if you see if that was, uh, if I was a referee, I was like, go at it, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as that. And then. Jackson in this game. Ah, uh, yeah. And then um, Lafferty sort of went down and. Porter's got booked for laughing at him, I think. Because he claims it's an elbow. If it's an elbow, it's a red. So he, got, he got, literally just got booked for, for being a cunt. Uh, uh, some people will think that's good, I suppose. The, the, the pair of yeah. them are love going down. They, they love uh, it. They, uh, they love going down and it looks like a really serious injury when nothing's happened. Yeah, so it was, it was it a bit... It 20 minutes for Lafferty to decide, what should I hold? Uh, yeah. What, what, is, what should I say that he's hurt? He's not the smartest, no. uh, Mr Lafferty, as far as well we are. But uh, like, anyway, let's move on. We've already done an hour and five. We've still got two games to do, so this will be relatively quick. Let's come, because I think they were both shit. I've got two, one of them watched a game each. So I'm going to come back to you, Joel, because... Uh, Amy had to go through the nil-nil. We all have to do it. We all have to do our, <laughs> we all have to do our time in the trenches, Amy. Uh, and Joe, you had Ross County in Aberdeen, which was at least bookmarked by like a quite astounding goal. Yeah, it was a frantic end to what was pretty, yeah, a pretty d- rubbish game. To be honest, it was just a lot of turnovers, especially in the first half. Aberdeen second a half. Scottish Premiership. <laughs> you believe wow. it? You believe it? <laughs> the second half. Aberdeen were able to get uh, able to get a wee more a bit more control, but I never know. I never knew what Ross County were trying to do for the whole match because they started off with um, Jordi Tawula, Jor- uh, Jordan White, and then you had Jan Danda, Ross Callahan, David Cancola, and Jordan Tilson in midfield. And then at times it looked like four three three. At times it looked like four. Three one two. At times it looked like four two three one. Oh, at times Christmas it looked, tree formation. Yeah, Don't see them every day. At times it looked like four four two. It was just I just wasn't sure what they were what what they're trying to do, and they never really got at Aberdeen. Spoke about how you get Aberdeen, you just press them high up the park because they are not the greatest at building through, uh, building out. But Aberdeen themselves didn't do all that all that much. It was I still think. So they've got the midfield three of McCrory, Ramadani, who was excellent, and Clarkson. So a nice balance. Culture day, Ramadani. Nice to watch. Yeah, he's yeah. nice to watch. Yeah. Uh, really like Clarkson. I think he's uh, really nice on the ball. But I should they stayed on the pitch? Oh no, that was uh, was a it was a high. Uh, it was a horrific challenge at the last second. It's really decides to do it. It's like he's on his feet and everything's fine. Then at yep. the last second, right? I'm I'm actually going to hurt him. And but I think with so you had uh, Beswayan. Miofsky and Johnny uh, in, in the front three but I think a lot of what's good about Aberdeen this season when they have the three behind Miofsky and they rotate uh, so you've got Bizwayan and Hayes who can come in field and it's usually been Kennedy who plays who, who plays it wide so that kind of rotation that fluidity just just wasn't there they couldn't get Miofsky in the game at all and it wasn't until uh, Duke or Luis Lopez came off the bench and he had that bit of kind of chaos factor a bit of power be able to turn players able to run uh, run in behind and came up with a brilliant goal the goal was he good. starts the move he starts well, the yeah. move but the assist was I'm Johnny gonna, Hayes no, you should see there was, a, there was an angle from behind the Ross County goal where uh, Hayes who'd moved to left back at that point uh, Awura Edwards came on and fresh, really quick uh, player. He's just put the afterburners on. And this is... Never gets old. How old is he? He's 30, 35, 36. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He and just, Robbie Nielsen has a cheek to speak about fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> he steamed up the pitch and then obviously... Uh, slid his in. Arse. 
Uh, he was uh, he, he couldn't celebrate because he was done in uh. Uh, afterwards. <laughs> you think they've won it, and finally Ross County, who I don't think I've ever seen them create a chance from a Jack Baldwin throwing until <laughs> right at the end, and they, they get the equaliser. But it, it was it was a game where I didn't learn too much. I wasn't overly impressed with Ross County. I don't think it was. Um, I found it with Ross County when I seen. I, I never see them playing the same style, even. Yeah. Um, two games in a row. It's all. I think I said that with you, because I said that when we were podcasting, and I was saying how impressed I was about Ross County when they played Celtic. Exactly. And there was elements of it that I really liked that I've never seen them do again in any other game. And I was like, I was oh. just going to say, when do we get to? When in the season do we start stop going? Oh, Ross County are actually quite exciting because that's what's been up until now. And mm. oh, they'll, they'll pick up points, they'll do this, they'll do that because they did apply themselves fairly well against Celtic early on. But then, if you look I at think the, it's harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You look then in the, in the midweek there. We were tired it was, though. It was totally, exactly. <laughs> 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 a second string Celtic and, and they couldn't cope. But when do we stop going? Do you know what? This is maybe just that a normal Ross County yeah, season. No, no, yeah, yeah. And nothing exceptional yeah. because mm. there was. God, there was huge touts after week one. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, what, What's his this name? What's his name? Can't even get a game. The the white the, is it Edwards? Oh, after the, the Hearts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's, he can't even get a game. But he was maybe the best side of the world. <laughs> it's, it's almost like he's he's got his back for uh, Malcolm McKay's got his back for Alex Shakiviti was tremendous in this game. He's but been then, tremendous a lot. This yeah, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. In terms of like uh, his has been quite a gradual improvement because it's not like you normally we, we talk about not we like do, Jack Fitz, was shit yeah, and brilliant. yeah yeah like when we do the, yeah, the you awards the development yeah we see, when we do the awards it's normally people who go like wow the yeah. jump when we do that the best sort of most improved player but Yakovic it's season on season and there's I think you start to get to this point he's left, left centre half as well he can play I think there might be teams interested in yeah. and in the top just I'm not saying maybe in England I'm talking about in, in Scotland I could see Hibs Hearts Aberdeen starting Physi- to yeah like, physically dominant and he's, he's mobile as well he's on the ball as well yeah he's, he's, he's decent enough uh, but I think they've got this they've got this settled so back now he's, four so now he's sorry so he's went the full circle they couldn't they couldn't stop scoring and leaking goals that season now he's managed to over the summer sort of fix one but the other one uh, I suppose when you're Ross County manager you can maybe only do one that's it so I mean the They've clearly got a back settle back four. They look bet. They look a bit more. They've lost. They look shaky, of course. But I mean, then, he was all over the shop in this game. Yeah, that is, but that's that's Ross Lake. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's 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 what you come to expect from um, a, a goalkeeper. I can't decide on. Um, <laughs> well, you've given up some amount of stick on here over the years. It's because Sean's whispering me here because he 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 despises. <laughs> but it just seems like Malky Malky Mackay doesn't know his best 11 beyond beyond that, that I yeah. think there's been a lot of kind of chopping and changing um, yeah because Dan has been playing now and it was obviously Samuel got sent off that it, role. got taken off at half time mm. uh, he's not been scared to do that I've not, yeah. obviously I, I, it's a bit of five subs but you see the early subs is re- every game I nearly look at now it says there's 50 minutes 46 so half time and obviously um, Johnson took it to the to the new levels of two in the, in the first sort of yeah. tw- like 25 minutes yeah. right, so I mean that's now like a just really common place. And it'd be funny because, I mean, if you're a player, you know that there's there's no there's no hiding place now. There's a chance you could be taken off at any fucking point. Yeah. What I'd be disappointed before, just before we go back to you, Amy, for the for the last game, just one thing I'd be a bit shit about if I was an Aberdeen fan is I'd say that's the first time they've got their best 11 on paper out on the pitch. McCrory at the midfield, Scales and Stewart playing. So, uh, Richardson at right back, Coulson at left back. Uh, Mayovsky, Bazayan, like I was saying, Ramadan, like that. Close, that's the best 
11, in my opinion, really. And yeah, I, th- I it think... It didn't really work. I it think, didn't work as well as maybe other games have. I think Goodwin now has a good 13, 14 players um, that you could probably trust when that's starting 11. Mm-hmm. And they're still, they still bringing uh, boys in, like Callum Roberts is still to come back. Uh, uh, Shaden Morris came off the bench. So these guys are still getting up to speed to Scottish football, etc. But they do seem to... They, they've got a solid... 13, 14 players and Coulson he is uh, he's a cracking player mm. if he for a fullback he's got he just rolls the ball and he's, he does it so well he's technically great good in tight spaces just his end product when he gets into that final mm. wasn't, wasn't great <laughs> talking about people getting settled into Scottish football Clarkson comes in rips some shots in and then they've got him up here for a wee while and now he's trying to break people's legs yeah. <laughs> right last and well, let's be honest least uh, we're going to go to Amy, where Motherwell played Dundee United, and from all accounts, Dundee United kind of got away with one here. Yeah. How didn't Motherwell win? Exactly. That, that's basically, I, I assume, still what Stevie Hamill and Motherwell players and Motherwell fans will be asking themselves today. You know, I was, I think Liam Fox afterwards even came out and admitted Motherwell were good. Like, and we done well to, to come away with a point it is very much that two points drop from Motherwell and a real point gained for for Dundee United Kevin Van Veen is unreal how he's missed there's five potentially six glorious opportunities and within the first half he tries to round the keeper um, and and uh, stays strong I don't really know uh, like Ericsson just feet to ground and, and obviously you're assuming that Van Veen thinks that there's going to be contact and there's not, but he actually would have easily managed to regain the ball and, and shoot into an empty net, but he doesn't. Then he misses the penalty, um, which we'll, we'll come to. There's a glancing header as well it's, um, that he, he skews. Then he hits the crossbar from a delightful Ross Tierney ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's chances in the second half as well that is a good block from Ryan Edwards actually and there's nice build up play but it's the chances in the first half in particular there's four three excellent chances and and the the fourth is a header I think he should potentially be scoring but um, you know it's a it's a pretty rank penalty that he he tries to put away it's a great height for for Ericsson Um, he, he doesn't really trouble him too much. It's that perfect. There's, there's, there is power behind it, but it's Goal, goalkeepers one. across the country are shouting into the um, shouting in their phone <laughs> as you say that, Amy, because that's a. Uh, if I was a goalkeeper, I'd be a cracking save. I'm gonna go shit penalty. <laughs> um, and the, the penalty claim kind of comes from again. It's it's actually Paul McGinn cuts in has a really nice effort on goal, and Ryan Edwards heads it off the line, and then it falls um, out wide to, to Motherwell and the. Like deliver the ball back in and Edwards is on rush and I think it's kind of a harsh penalty it is the, it's a swirling ball and he's chucking his body to try and turn away from it and it does it does catch his arm but it's one of those great mm-hmm. great areas that we were talking about earlier yeah, Tony yeah. that it's, it could be a bit harsh but is it probably in the laws of the game yeah mm. um, but other than that you know Dundee United never really knocked down the door uh, Liam <sighs> Kelly didn't have a lot to do um, it was more Motherwell's errors that ever let Dundee United in so it's, it's a real disappointing one for, for Motherwell because Van Veen has, has been presented with glorious opportunities mm. after, Good on after another really, Abs- yeah. in the opening 35 you know 40 minutes easily um, can, I, can I ask you about Dundee United's back three um, yeah. I mean, I've, when I've watched <laughs> <laughs> okay I've seen I've seen a bit uh, and it just like the the the, the sort of the gaps between the wide centre halves 
and then Smith and Bayek is in just bizarre, like so much space in these areas. Yeah, there's so much space. It's not a a defensive back line that almost seems comfortable playing that formation. They don't like it's just what it's just to cover for deficiencies of players. I, I, like what what's the... I, I'm not I I can't put your I can't put my finger on it because these are players that you know it's not totally alien to them, mm-hmm. but it's almost like. You're more so if you're shocked that the minute there's, I'd get it more if they were they were so tight to each other because if you're playing on a back four, then you would be further away. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this is even more stretched, you're like, do you not realise you are a country mile away from your pal? Like it's <laughs> it's insane, and they're not the speediest backline either. So there's no there's no need for you know you're not going to have Ryan Edwards and, and Mulgrew pushing forward. That's not what they're there to mm-hmm. do. Um, but there's just glaring gaps and there was a real there was continual opportunities for Motherwell uh, to break that down and I know obviously Celtic put put nine past Dundee United but there'll be a lot of teams that'll be looking at that defence and going like there's not even it's not pockets there it's oceans to be able to you know dip into to to try and like break up they've got serious problems Mm. big time real problems they're going to ruin Dylan Levitt Mm. because they've got no defensive midfielder who protects that uh, that back three they've not got a destroyer in the in the in the middle of the park, they don't have a good balance in the middle park. That then affects the 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 back three. They need protection, like you said. They're so slow. I think was it Mulgrew on the left, this the back three, Edwards on the uh, center, and then Graham on the right. Yeah. Just there's no there's there's no combination of those three. If you're playing a back three, that kind of works because n- none of the none of the three are comfortable in the wide areas. Uh, they could ideally want to be in the middle. You could push Mulgrew in the midfield, but then he's he can't Mulgrew get a full. Could do the midfield ten mm. years ago, and yeah, now but he, he can't get a full season at no, Mulgrew's play sitting in sitting in midfield, and it doesn't help with. Did it work? Did they try that? And was it at Tynecastle they tried that? Yeah, didn't uh, work yeah, at did, all. Did, yeah, it didn't work. And you got Behitch, Australian international, and he's just he's not adapted to adapted to the the, the game up he'd, here. You'd be looking at turning to him to try and. Yeah, I mean, make something a little bit control to control basically yeah. to control but then again you should be able to look to Mulgrew to control you should be able to look to Ryan Edwards now to control I think another thing for for Dundee United I don't know when or maybe others have started but I don't know when we can maybe start saying that Ross Graham potentially isn't the hype that we all thought he would be it's not, it's I, don't, not. I, don't think, I don't think there's any doubt about that I, mean, I had my issues with I'm it when it first <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> because uh, he struggled in the championship and he yep. came up and I think there was a bit more of because he was being quite competent and playing relatively well that people got carried away because they were shocked and then there's obviously going to be a middle ground between that and the sort of a bit, and also a young player like that coming in. Yeah, you now, never want to be too harsh and, on, on yeah, a young especially player, especially in this in this environment where there's your Mulgrew, Edwards, Beek, um, um, Harks, Fletcher, uh, Watt. I mean, these are guys that have Tony been Watt. around the. Tony Watt. Uh, and I was going to ask that about Tony Watt. I mean, am I right in thinking it was a front two this week? They played a three-five-two. Yeah. Uh, well, that should be, and and then Watt was still couldn't get anywhere near it. They were still really far apart because. I've been giving them some sort of, especially what, giving them the benefit of the doubt that he probably didn't deserve because I was thinking he's been shoved out on the left. Out of position, yeah. Yeah, and then, and obviously I was like, I don't understand this. They've got Fletcher, who's like the perfect player to bring another strike, to play with a play with another player. At Fletcher's age, with his his attributes, you think like another strike would be great. And I thought, right, they're signing him. That must be the whole point. We're going to play with two up front. But they've done it here and what was at the, from what I've heard and for people who were there, um, at like levels of embarrassment 
like the performance levels of embarrassment, like laughing at his performance. There was a, a mad moment, which I will actually give him a, a little bit of credit for, but Liam Kelly has a really slack back back, uh, back pass pass into uh, Callum Slattery and Ian Harks intercepts it. Um, but, and then, yeah, and then Slattery goes, to, like brings him to the ground kind of thing. And it is, it's a free kick like every day of the week. <laughs> but Dundee United have the, uh, like still have technically an advantage because it falls to Tony Watt. So everyone, like Dundee United, and every player kind of, I know it's that typical, like you play to the whistle then, but everyone kind of stops. But the referee was clearly playing the advantage. So Tony Watt has a great opportunity to shoot. Mm -hmm. You know, this is perfect time because you've not been scoring since you've left Motherwell, basically. <laughs> it, please just shoot, shoot. And score. <laughs> at least shoot and just do something. And he just kind of like shits the bed a bit. And it's awkward because then, then everyone thinks he's going back for the free kick and then eventually Craig Napier does and it's just, it's a weird moment. So I'll slightly give him the benefit of the doubt there. But like, see even any other time, when, even when the whistles went, the striker still has that shot mm -hmm. on goal and you actually get told, oh, well, you shouldn't do that because the whistle went. But it's just one of those like mental moments. You're like, oh, you just needed that to shoot and you just like made an arse out of it. You'll you come good, you'll come good. <laughs> um, well, the next team that Dundee United are playing is Hibs at Tannadice. Um I would say Hibs that, are... Back are, to the game stuff. Uh, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Is like, my God. Like, Hibs, Hibs squad is, is like, and we're going to be... Oh, if you're coming over to Patreon to join us in the next one, we're going to be rating sort of every team's um, summer business. And I'll probably go into a bit more depth about um, the sort of... Gap, like, Hibs team seems like is like quite mental in terms of like there's gaps, the level of player is all over the place. It does, it's not, it's going to be work to get it cohesive because I think players are at all at different levels and it's very, very, very top heavy. But uh, looking at it on the face of thing, now that McCurdy's involved who came on and, and, and looked confident, I mean, he didn't, he nearly scored, a, he had a decent chance with a header. He, he's, he's a confident guy. I don't think there's any doubt about that and his attitude. So he, I, I don't think it's going to take him long to, to be good. I think it's a pretty safe bet. He's got the he's attitude. He's make himself good. Yeah, you know, he's got the attitude to come into Scottish football and it's not going to, he, he wants, he wants all the pressure. Mm. He wants, this is what, because, so if you start going at that, they've got the huge spaces, the way that Hibs play, the midfield, you would think, Dundee United probably have the upper hand in there, but as you said, it doesn't have the balance. So Hibs can maybe get away with having the, weak, the weaker midfield there. And then the style of play Hibs play seems to feed into their worst nightmare. Us wanting to go in behind the fullbacks constantly with pacey wingers uh, and now hopefully a, a confident striker who could go but in there. Who are Hibs' worst enemies other than Hearts? Um... Well, Rangers, but I mean... Hibs I mean, as well. Hibs, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, exactly. Hibs, uh, like, exactly. So, I mean, there's always there's always that Dundee United fans. It is Hibs. <laughs> uh, and they will do something to shoot them through. But on paper, Hibs is probably the last team they would want to play in terms of the style of play and where Hibs' better players lie up against where they're having problems. So, fingers crossed, it's, it all goes tits up. And I won't be here next week. I'm, I'm going on my holidays, but uh, hopefully I'll be hearing about uh, a trouncing. But we better go. We better go. It'll be an hour and 22 minutes. We've got carried away. What a surprise. <laughs> I've got my fiance phoning me while I'm trying to do this podcast. And I saw a message of, did you buy the chicken? I, of course, did not <laughs> buy the chicken. Uh, and so um, we'll be having something else for dinner. Sorry, Mandy. And uh, But let's go over at Patreon. Let's rate... Uh, all the Scottish Football Premiership Scottish Football Premiership that'll do uh, and their summer business thanks very much say goodbye guys goodbye goodbye cheerio Sports 
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.